is a gallery. This is the removal of walls. This is the removal of white paint. This is the removal of polished floor. This is the removal of windows. This is the removal of high ceilings. This is the removal of foundations. This is the removal of hard edges. This is the removal of the individuals. This is the removal of pure material. This is a gallery. Welcome in.
second track, I create a you in the text, a you that sometimes takes the shape of a human being, a you that sometimes takes the shape of a silicon stone, a you that can give me everything I desire or the love I need, a you that I can contaminate with my inner feelings and desires, morphing it into the shape I'm most attracted to. Third track, I imagine this scene as the beginning of time. The water is slid from underneath and becomes turquoise. Two bodies float in the water that makes their surfaces marble shiny. They twirl and dance around each other, down under. Afterwards, in the sauna, one tells the other that her mother is a sculptor. She mostly casts in bronze, but she has done few major works in stone as well. The other seems impressed. It must be difficult to work with such large-scale materials, he says. She nuts and adds. Clay isn't too bad, because with clay you can add and remove as you want. When working with branch, you create one mold with which you can cast several times, if something goes wrong. But when working with stone, it's one shot. When you chop off one chip of stone, you can never put it back on, he nuts. He agrees with her way of perceiving the stone as material. He pokes a finger into her skin under her ribs, at the right side, making the skin bend inwards. She turns her head, looks at him frowning. Her long wet blonde hair clings to her chins, following a bow, a bow inwards where the neck begins. He puts pressure and releases again, repeats this rhythm over and over again. Then pink liquid starts floating from most of the body openings. The liquid floats smoothly from ears, eyes, mouths, over the two sweaty bodies sitting in the sauna, following arcs inward and outward. The liquid continues downwards, lands on the wooden planks on the sauna floor, and disappears down under the planks to the cement floor underneath. The two stare at each other, and that the pink traces the liquid has made on their bodies. Traces that lit up the dim sauna room. I place my hands in the grass, press them down between the straws. The boundaries between straws and fingers dissolve, and the grass welcomes me to connect directly with it. Around me, birds sing me into the day. I lift my chin and stare one of them directly into the in, into its one eye. In there I have free passage to the next world where I see a man in the metro between Deerbyn and Islandsbrugge. He is leaning against one of the yellow floor-to-ceiling bars. In replacement of eyelashes of hair, he has eyelashes of ink tattooed onto his eyelids. I imagine the thin tattoo needle moving up and down, scratching into the skin of his eyelashes, leaving one thin line of ink after the other, together creating his ink eyelashes. His face is furrowed with wrinkles and he has short, dark, messy hair. He blinks and the eyelashes push like butterfly wings, the air around his eyes aside. The metro arrives at Islandsbrugge and he moves out of this position, continue to the next. The bird's eye shines back at me, and I now only see my own reflection in the bow of the bird's eye. I dress you in a thin silk dress. At the bottom there is flowers, lace, 
that lands on the floor as you're not as tall as me. The silk sticks very closely to your body, falls beautifully around your dick. The thin white silk straps over your slender shoulders, the way your bones touch the skin that touches the silk. I could look at this scene forever, swallow it. You often imagine who you would have been in another body, in a stronger body. But it's the angel-like and delicacy about your body that invites me to dress you in silk dresses. Put li red lipstick on your lips and take photos of you. Our bodies are homes that travel with us. Our bodies are caves in which we hide. Our bodies are our armors. Our bodies are bags in which we carry ourselves. You're not. The ceramic cups on your table goes click, click, click at night before I fall asleep in your bed. I go click, click, click with my tongue until I reach the same pitch as the ceramic. You sleep more quietly than the ceramic and lie completely still, shaped as a half moon with your face turned towards the wall. Your curls sticking up over the duvet in one side, still blunt before you cut them off and colored the rest black to look less girly and less cute. The flowers of the orchids mimic the genitals of female bees of the kind they need pollination from. Like that, the male bees are drawn to this particular species of orchids, and pollination can take place. You nod. Okay, imagine this, I say and continue. We are in a green clearing in a forest. I can't be more specific, sorry. But there is orchids, I can promise you that. Now, I will read this manual aloud in a determined and clear voice. I will read it to you and the dog seated at your right hand side. The stone will be silicon. It will be flexible and milky white and it will allow me to move and interact with it in new ways. This is how I cast the stone. One. I gently clean it with water, soap and the brush. The soap gets foamy and grows big and bubbly. Two. I dry the stone with a towel. Three. I moisturize the stone with Vaseline that comes from the yellow can on the desk. I gently and tenderly massage the Vaseline into all the textures of the stone's surface. I do this to prevent the plastic from sticking to the stone. 4. I fixate the stone in a wooden box which will serve as a mold for the negative of the stone. I mix plaster and cold water in a plastic bucket. I'm told that I can't stir before small islands float at the surface of the water. So I wait for the islands and then I stir. The plaster becomes vicious and warm, which means it's ready. 6. I grab the bucket and I gently pour the plaster into the box and cover half of the stone. When the plaster has dried, I cut the surface flat. I clean the upper part of the stone that's not covered with plaster. This time, for plaster remnants, with a stiff brush and re-moisturize the stone and the plaster surface with Vaseline. My interaction with this precious object is tender and loving, meaning I don't move too quickly and I don't touch, touch it too roughly. 6. I mix more plaster and cast the upper part of the stone. 7. I wait for the negatives to dry. 8. I gently unscrew the screws and disassemble the box to free my negatives. 9. I cast the positive of my stone by pressing silicon out of a tube, letting it land on the plaster negative to spattle it into all its textures.
I spot a layer and layer and the silicon stone slowly grows a body. I assemble the two half silicon stones to one silicon stone, or I keep them separate, allowing me to mount them on my back as two tortoise shells, slash mount them on my shoulders, creating gigantic shoulder pads, slash mount them on my hips as hip extensions, more fertile. You still stand in the clearing, waiting for this scene to pass. When I'm done, a silicon stone lands in my arms, and you as a human being disappears. The stone consists of two milky white half arches, making it hollow inside. I look around the clearing, expecting to see your human face somewhere, but there's no one, except from the dog that still sits where we were before. I think I feel the stone move a bit. I think I hold the stone as a mother taking care of a child. I think I love the stone. I think I'm turned on by the stone, or rather, I can feel I'm turned on by the stone. Fourth track, concurrently. Then the dog steps forward and recites from a paper it squeezes with its two paws while standing on its hind legs. The surface is burdened because of the way Western philosophy relates spirit and materiality the way it relates idea and phenomenon. The surface defines the crossing from something to something else, from dog to human, and we lie as two half-moons in your bed. My skin and my fur is the surface upon which I sense the heat from your body, the sheets on the bed, the beams from the sun that enter the window and hit my eyelids. Third track. Did you know that the mother and daughter crystals in the clay are communicating? It goes click, you nod. And did you know that particular fungi species are capable of infecting ants? The fungi now control the ant's brain and make it climb a tree, a bush or whatever. It just has to be high above the ant co colony. It makes the ant bite into e.g. a piece of bark or a leaf. This specific bite is called a death bite. Fungi now control, fungi now grow out of the ant's head. This kills the ant and spreads spores all over the ant colony, infecting many more ants with fungi. The pattern repeats itself. You nod. The stone will be silicon, it will be flexible and milky white, and it will allow me to move and interact with it in new ways. It will be my prosthesis, it will be another layer of skin, it will be clothes, it will be a mother to me, and it will be a child to me. Did you know that quorum sensibility is bacteria? ability to chemically sense other bacteria's presence. You nod. And did you know that if the octopus is held captive in an aquarium, it will eat its own tentacles, even when offered food, e.g. crabs? You nod. And did you know that the amadillo rolls up like a ball when feeling threatened because it thinks it doesn't have any natural enemies? Today almost all amadillos have gone extinct due to hu human activity. Fourth track, concurrently. It would be as if you had eyes on your fingertips, the giant octopus explains the boy as an answer to the boy's questions on how its autonomy feels. The boy looks down 
At his fingertips, imagining eyes appearing. But he only sees small drops of sweat as a result of over-exerting his imagination. Third track. New worlds will appear when you will, where you will be my mother, where you will be a mother to me, where you will be a child to me. Did you know that the fungal spores mycelium surrounding the roots of the trees enable the trees to communicate? The mycelium also enables the trees in Cerberus to transport water, carbon dioxide, nitrogen, as well as other nutrients and minerals to trees in need. I can grow new things out of my body. Mountains from my stomach, trees from my ears stretching their branches into the sky, a dick from my abdomen that stretches into you when we have sex. I can feel how you expand as I penetrate you. Afterwards we both lie flat on our backs in the clearing. I look down at my body. There is a small pond of sweat in the dent between my breasts. My nipples are stiff and I've got chills over the most of my body. I'm the cat crawling into your armpit to protect myself from the cold. I use my furry paws to squeeze my way further in. The skin in, my, in your armpit is soft and pale, a delicate pink tone. The hair is light brown and curly at the tips. I have diamond breasts. I'm a reptile. I'm lying on the warm stones, heating up my cold blood body under the sun's zenith. Everything is ready, quivering, waiting for the transformation. The stone will be silicon. It will be flexible and milky white, and it will allow me to move and interact with it in new ways. It will be my prosthesis. It will be another layer of skin. It will be clothes. It will be a mother to me, and it will be a child to me. The skin thinks, the grass thinks, the nails think, the veins of the tree think, your eyes think and sense when looking at me. Your fingers think and see when you touch me where I'm stitched together after the surgery. Keep your eyes on the stones. Look closer. Do you see it now? You not. Second track. Then pink liquid starts floating from the text on the paper and the table. It looks like it's coming from the letters printed, printed on the paper. First they swell up, then they release the pink liquid. It creates small streams that grow bigger and bigger when uniting on the wooden table holding the paper, continuing down the table legs, now in quite big streams, leaving pink traces where it moves, reaches the wooden floor, continuing out on the balcony, floating down, creating a waterfall from fifth floor. lit up the dim evening. I lean back and watch it all happen.
She is sitting in a room, darkened by its own walls. I am sitting in a room, darkened by my own walls. They are sitting in a room, darkened by their own walls. Chris sits hollow by the toilet by the toilet would you let us back in there is a glimpse of a future there is a glimpse of a future hole it lies far up on hill I watched a video today as comfort the kind I usually don't allow in my rooms anymore made of sounds we listened to when we 16. And I saw the actor exhilarated skate into Satis in summer. Only now did I realize it was there, we were there, they are there, hidden from prized eyes like a pig farm. And I realized I want to go back, proud and proud of what do I lack. The mess is best, the mess was best, it's messy. Are we left alone? A part, a part of, made of parts. So not alone. Glazed surfaces leave the mouth dry. My mouth is dry today. No smacking, suckling, you know. So, this hole, this one, we look at difference, comes with the force of a present ghost, there are ghosts here, there were ghosts there, there's one in the basement, there's seven in me, like last year's room I almost forgot it. Like this old disease, there's something living in my spine, I remember them seeing. And now the ghost comes closer and whispers something more clear. This day she digs this hole, this future hole, her legs are not her own, I'm looking at these legs. She awakes under morning stars, morning stars, the past. Last night, a snake entered her mouth. I'm sick of them talking about snakes as if they were separate. Slid down her throat and through tunnels of intestine balls. It turned a sharp left. I'm looking at my left hand in darkness into her left leg. It knows the way too well. It knows her weak relation to this part, to this past. The serpent is long, even with its head resting against her toes, its body fills her leg and spills up into her pelvis, and then its small tail end looks around her navel. This past morning, morning, she wakes, 
her leg hisses, and then she's taken for a walk, barely lifted, barely lifting her feet. The snake is not dangerous, it does not wish to be in conflict with her, it simply asserts its own desires with an open wish to live well, together, without regret or lust for a past where she was the only one, now her focus is choreography, to lean into this new assemblage. The toilet was a shapeshifter after all forming as compost heap. Cockroach turned left to the sidewalk. Tell the double-powered limb it can swing, swim, swing. It is air. Walls and raids dissolve this space of fair-hatched haze the ghost has done with speaking for now. She sits in the room, unsure of tents, with all these scraps, ghosts or not, of different kinds. Scraps that could feed the pigs, and the garden, and the weary limbs. Are they coming back together?